No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the book of Deuteronomy. These were Moses' last words to the children of Israel before he died, and they carry with them the weight and wisdom of this mighty man of God. We hope you'll join us now as we mine for golden nuggets on Simply the Bible. Deuteronomy means the second law or copy of the law. It is the last of the five books Moses wrote called the Pentateuch. It covers the last 40 days of Moses' life and embodies his last words to the children of Israel. Although portions repeat what was given in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, Deuteronomy was written for the new generation entering the promised land. The great theme of Deuteronomy is love and obey. The word love appears 20 times in this book. And Deuteronomy is quoted 80 times in the New Testament. In Mark 12:30, when Christ gave the greatest commandment, he quoted from Deuteronomy. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. In this book, Moses speaks of the prophet God would raise up after him to whom the people were to listen. This was prophetic of Jesus Christ. So we begin Deuteronomy chapter 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness in the plain opposite Suf between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazirath, and Dizahab. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. After he had killed Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who dwelt at Ashtaroth in Edrei. From the plain of Moab, on the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho, Moses retold the law to Israel. This was not a duplication of what he had given to them previously, but a reiteration of the Lord's commandments that Moses deemed to be especially important as this new generation crossed the Jordan River into the promised land. It was probably given in about one month's time. During his life, Moses had spoken with God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And while the children of Israel knew the acts of the Lord, Moses knew the ways of the Lord. Moses also had the benefit of 40 years of wilderness experience. He had seen it all. He knew that the children of Israel were a stiff-necked people. He had the same concern for them that a father has for his children. Therefore, Moses gave them these final words to guide them in their new adventure of taking possession of the land God had promised to them. It was an 11-day journey from Mount Horeb 
that is Mount Sinai, to Kadesh Barnea at the entryway to the promised land. But because of their unbelief and disobedience, this journey took 40 years. Verse 5. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon as far as the great river the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them and their descendants after them. Now, this generation would not have remembered much about Mount Sinai. The oldest among them would have been less than 20 years old when Moses first received the law from God. They had remained at Mount Sinai for little more than a year, during which time they built the tabernacle. Then the word of the Lord came to them to go and take possession of the land that he was setting before them, that he had sworn to their forefathers. So the cloudy pillar began to move by day, and the fiery pillar by night, and they broke camp on their way to the promised land. Verse 9. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, I alone am not able to bear you. The Lord your God has multiplied you. And here you are today, as the stars of heaven in multitude. May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. How can I alone bear your problems and your burdens and your complaints? Moses appointed judges sometime earlier when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, visited them at Mount Sinai, bringing with him Zipporah, Moses' wife. Now, when Jethro saw Moses wearing himself out, judging an estimated two and a half million people from morning to evening, he told Moses, this isn't good, Moses. You can't bear the burden of the people alone. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law. Verse 13, Choose wise, understanding, and knowledgeable men from among your tribes, and I will make them heads over you. And you answered me and said, The thing which you have told us to do is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise and knowledgeable men, and made them heads over you, leaders of thousands, leaders of hundreds, leaders of fifties, leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes. There is great wisdom in delegation when it is done properly. When you are in leadership, you must discern what you can delegate and what you cannot delegate. If you don't delegate, then you limit the scope of your ministry. If you delegate the wrong things, then you will waste your time doing things that you aren't called to do, and you will give away your calling to somebody else. The early church faced the same problem. 
There was a need to properly distribute food to widows, but the apostles resisted the temptation to facilitate this themselves. They would not permit themselves to be pulled away from prayer and the ministry of the word to wait on tables. So seven deacons were appointed to tend to this task, including Stephen, who became the first Christian martyr, and Philip the evangelist. Proper delegation enables people who otherwise would not be serving the Lord to have a ministry. It also helps more work to get done. But we must be wise in the leaders we select and to whom we delegate responsibility. On Thursday nights, our youth meets in our facility. And this last Thursday, I was on my way out and I had to go get something out of the refrigerator. I walked into the kitchen and there was the group of youth. That is our youth leaders, as well as leadership among the youth. They were all praying together about the youth ministry for that night. Now, my son, Justin, who is the youth pastor, was not among them because that night he was playing in the worship band. He's also a drummer. But I just thought it was really cool. Now, I have delegated youth ministry to my son, who's the youth pastor. And, and he had delegated the task of praying over the night and praying over the youth to his youth workers, as well as those youth who are in training for leadership. And I was proud of him. I was just thinking that is just wise, good delegation. And it's involving all of these people in ministry. And at the same time, he was able to enjoy his band. So when you delegate well, it spreads the burden out and you don't get burned out. Verse 16, then I commanded your judges at that time saying, here are the cases between your brethren and judge righteously between a man and his brother or the stranger who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me, and I will hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the things which you should do. Now consider the instructions that Moses gave to these judges. Hear the cases. They were to listen to all cases, whether great, small, or from a stranger or foreigner judge righteously. They were to judge not based upon their own opinions or feelings, but upon the word of God. And by the way, it is popular these days for people to think that we aren't to judge anyone, but the scripture doesn't teach that. We must judge actions and discern if they are good or evil. Otherwise, we can be led astray by the deceitfulness of sin. The apostle John wrote in his first letter by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Show no partiality. There is a reason why Lady Justice is blindfolded. They weren't to consider the face, the color of a person's skin, the clothes they wore, whether they were rich or poor, or anything else other than what that person had or had not done. That's justice. Don't fear man. The fear of man perverts justice. 
Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. The judgment is the Lord's. When they judged cases, they weren't acting alone. God was with them. It was his authority they exercised. Bring the harder cases to Moses. This was the beginning of the Supreme Court. Not all cases are alike in difficulty. By creating lower and higher courts, everyone would receive a just trial and Moses wouldn't get burned out. We see that these instructions that Moses provided for the judges are still very much useful today. Now, before they left Mount Sinai, God told Moses to bring 70 elders with him up the mountain. There they saw the glory of the Lord. After the children of Israel broke camp, the Holy Spirit came upon these 70 elders and they prophesied. Therefore, Moses was able to share the load of governing the people. These elders would continue after Moses was gone. There are valuable lessons to be learned from the past. We don't always like to look back, but understanding the decisions and events of the past gives us greater appreciation for the present and helps us navigate our future. We must remember that God gives us these things as our examples to avoid the bad and to imitate the good. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Usually when we reminisce, it's to recall good times from years gone by. But sometimes reminiscing failure can be beneficial. Tomorrow we'll see where Moses recalls their journey from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land and the epic failure at Kadesh Barnea. If we learn lessons from the past, then we won't repeat them. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.